No, I appreciate you folks that are here and everybody watching on the live stream. Let's give them a big round of applause, everybody watching online. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Drop us a line. Let us know where you're watching from. It's so exciting to hear about what God's doing in people's lives. Amen. I tell the Lord all the time, God, man, I never get over the fact of what you're doing in people's lives. Come on. May I never just get, get used to you working miracles. May I never get used to you healing bodies. May I never get used to somebody getting saved, somebody's marriage getting restored, somebody's life's changing, somebody getting promoted, somebody starting a, a vision or a dream or a business or an idea. God, may I never just get complacent with what you're doing in people's lives. May we be people that are always awestruck in the presence of a great God. May we be people just like the Psalms who said, God, how great. I'll always tell of your wondrous deeds, your mighty works. Come on, somebody. How you act on your people's behalfs. Amen. I don't know about you, but I get excited about the things of God. The Bible says, he who's been forgiven much loves much. So, you know, I'm not just this hyper person or whatever. God's forgiven me from a whole bunch of mess, so I get excited about when God's working in my life and in other people's lives. Come on, somebody. Can I get a witness in the household of faith tonight? Come on. Is there any people that have been saved by the grace of God, been washed in the blood of Jesus? Come on. Heaven's now your home. Oh, don't shout me down when I'm preaching good. I said, heaven's now your home. If you've received Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, you don't have to worry about dying anymore. Oh, boy, I'll take those two amens and the one Holy Ghost grunt. Come on, somebody. I said, if Jesus is your Savior and Lord, other side of that camera, if you have made Jesus your personal Lord and Savior of your life, you don't have to worry about what's going to happen when you take your last breath. Amen. The Bible says to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. Oh, come on. To be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. The Bible tells us we, we don't mourn like people who don't have hope. No, we have this great hope, this blessed assurance, as they used to call it. Our hope is in Christ alone, the cornerstone. Come on, somebody. In Jesus' blood and his righteousness alone that's been imparted on our behalf. Come on, somebody. The religious word is imputed to us. That Christ Jesus literally took the place of you and I. Oh, man. And now when God looks at you, he don't look at you like you look at you. Well, I know it's a lot to catch up to on a Sunday night. I said, when God looks at you, he don't look at you like you do. No, God looks at you. Thanks, John. I'll take that one. Amen. Come on, somebody. God looks at you and sees the blood of Jesus. God looks at you and says, I see my righteousness. Wrap your head around this. God looks at you and sees perfection. Woo, I know the religious devils will be squealing there. Come on, somebody. I said, God looks at you and sees perfection. Because how good you are? No, because how good his son was on your behalf. Because his son literally took your place. Oh, man. I said, his son literally took your place. You realize you can never be good enough. Oh, man, on your best day, you still couldn't make it. I'm here to tell you, on your worst day, you definitely couldn't make it. But on your best day, you couldn't make it. You couldn't earn it. Oh, don't shout me down. I'm preaching good. It is a free gift called salvation. That is by faith alone in Jesus Christ alone. The Bible says there's no name under heaven or earth or under the earth in which man must be saved. But that is the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. May we never be people just get over the fact that we got saved. Well, I got saved in 1976, bless Lord. And, you know, my life has been pretty terrible ever since. It probably will be, but someday when I get the glory, things might get better. No, 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 no. Your life has been totally changed forevermore. The Bible said, behold, all the old things pass away. All things are made brand new. And let me tell you, if God makes it brand new, he makes a thing good. Oh, baby, come on. I said, when God touches something, he makes it good. 
The first miracle that Jesus ever did was at the wedding feast in Cana where he turned water into wine. And all the Italians said, amen. Come on, somebody. <laughs> where Jesus turned the water into wine and they said to Jesus, wait a minute, wait a minute. Oh, you know how the tradition goes here? They put the best wine out at first and you saved the best wine for last. Because everything God touches, he makes the best. Oh, don't shout me now when I'm preaching good. I said, everything God puts his hand to, everything God touches changes and it changes for the better. Don't shout me down, I'm preaching good. I said, everything God puts his hand to changes, and it changes for the better. Your life wasn't better before Christ. Oh, boy. I said, your life wasn't better before Christ. I meet some people, and they're like, man, I was doing drugs, and I was running with women. I was doing all this stuff like their life was great, and then they met Christ, and then their, their life sucks. When in fact, oh, boy, come on. Don't get religious on me. When in fact, it's just the opposite. Your life was a total mess. You're on your way to hell. Come on, somebody. No matter how good you think you were, thought you were, thought, well, I got it together. I'm not, at least my life's not as bad as this guy's. Or at least, you know, I, I, I'm doing better than, than the other one. No, no. Jesus came and died for the self-righteous. Oh, boy. As much as he did for the people that realized they need him. Satan, sinner alike, everybody needs Jesus as their personal Lord and Savior. Other side of that camera, I know you're shouting me down when I'm preaching good, but here's what I'm telling you. Everybody needs a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. He's the only way to heaven. I said, he's the only way to heaven. I promise you, Buddha can't save you. Oh, boy. Muhammad can't save you. As good as, you know, the greatest religious and parochial people are, they couldn't save you. Mother Mary can't save you. A priest can't save you. God knows a pastor can't save you. Amen? <laughs> Come on. No, there's only one who could save, and his name is Jesus. I said, his name is Jesus. So when we sing that, there was Jesus, we're not just singing, singing a, a nice song by Dolly Parton and Chris Tomlin, as nice as Dolly Parton and Chris Tomlin are, amen? They weren't here tonight. That was John and Elaine. Come on, somebody. But Elaine, I'll tell you what, she hit them notes like Dolly. Anna, come on, somebody. Give her a big hand. You did a great job. We appreciate you. Right? But here's what I'm saying. There's only one way to heaven, and it is through Christ Jesus alone. I said, it's through Jesus alone. It's Jesus only, folks. I said, it's Jesus only. It's by his blood only. Oh, don't shout me down, I'm preaching good. I said, it's by his blood only. And so thank God, Jesus came. The Bible says he became flesh and dwelt among us, which pretty much means God came in the form of a man named Jesus. Amen? Came as a babe in a manger. I won't go through the whole Christmas story in the last 2,000 years, or I might keep you here another 2,000 years. Amen? But I'll tell you this, that he put on flesh and dwelt among us. He forfeited his godly attributes and came as a man of the earth to why? To die for sinners like you and I. The Bible says he was a man full of faith and anointed of the Holy Spirit. I just don't know what God wants me to do with my life. He wants to be a man or a woman full of faith and anointed of the Holy Spirit. I told you last week, and I've been telling you the last two weeks, we've been talking about the Holy Spirit upon us is that everything Jesus was in the earth, everything we saw Jesus doing, everything Jesus is, is just a represent, representation of the Father's heart in the earth for you and I. It's a demonstration of who the Father is in the earth. Everybody Jesus healed, he was just revealing his God's will to heal people. Oh, come on. Everybody Jesus saved, he's just revealing the Father's heart. That No, the Father's not slow concerning his promises. Some might say he's willing that all would come to repentance, that none should perish. Jesus was just representing the Father's heart in the earth and showing us that, look, the Father really does love us. The Father really does have great plans for us. I we talked a couple weeks ago out of John 3 where Jesus gets baptized by this guy wearing camel hair. Amen? 
John the Baptist, kind of crazy dude eating locusts and wild honey. Probably looked like the duck commander guy, amen? And Jesus gets baptized by him. We talked about the heavens come wide open and the Father says over Jesus, what? This is my son in whom I'm well pleased. We talked about that's prophetic of you and I, how the Father looks at us now and says that we're his children whom he's well pleased. How the Holy Spirit descended on Jesus didn't say he was a dove, it said it was like a dove. And we talked about how we need to be more conscious, especially in this day and age, of the Spirit of God resting upon our shoulders like a dove too. How God puts his Spirit upon us, how he anoints us for service to get something done for him. Come on, somebody. Some of y'all might remember this. I said, Michael Jackson, the great theologian, said what? I'm starting with the man in the mirror. I'm asking him to change his ways. It's pretty good advice. Might not have had it all together, but at least that was good advice, amen? Better advice than some songs on K-Love. Come on, somebody. Don't be going on that. Good God, we had it on the car on the way up here, John, and something comes on about being weary and worn and ripped and dented and whatever. I thought, turn that garbage off. That choked my spirit of faith out on the way here, amen? No, look, folks, we need to be people full of faith and knowing of the Holy Spirit. Come on. Want to make a change in this world? I'm starting with me. I'm looking in the mirror saying, God, I'm starting right here. I'm not judging other people. I'm not coming in a spirit of condemnation. The Bible tells us Jesus didn't come to condemn the world, but to save the world. Amen. Oh, don't shout me down when I'm preaching good. Jesus didn't come to condemn the world. He came to save the world. It's not, God didn't appoint you judge and jury. Woo, baby. I'll choke all the religious spirits at once tonight. Come on, somebody. I said, God didn't appoint you to be judge and jury. No, you know what God appointed you to be? To be a man or a woman full of faith and knowing the Holy Spirit to demonstrate his goodness in the earth. The Bible tells us in Romans chapter 2 and verse 4, it's the kindness of the Lord that leads to repentance. It's the goodness of God towards us that turns people to God. May we be people that represent God well. Ooh, baby. I said, may we be people who represent God well. Do you understand that you and I have been given this thing called God's precious Holy Spirit to steward in the earth? Oh, boy. You understand someday we'll stand before God. I only got one thing to say when I get before him. It's going to be J-E-S-U-S. Come on, somebody. One who took my place. But here's the thing. It'll be measured unto us how we stewarded things in this life. How we stewarded his presence in our life. How we demonstrated and represented him in the earth. Because you understand that we are literally God's hands and feet in the earth. The Bible tells us that he's the head of the church, but we're the body. Oh boy, little responsibility. I know they don't like that in the American church preaching about this stuff, but it is a thing called human responsibility. There is a, a part on you and I after we receive salvation, we can't earn it, but this is free gift. But then the Bible tells us that it's up for us to work our salvation out with fear and trembling. The Bible says faith without works is dead. I'm just setting some of this up tonight. Some of you haven't been here the last few weeks. What I'm trying to tell you is that God put his precious Holy Spirit upon people like you and I, but it's up to us to do something with it. Oh, baby. I said, it's up to us to do something. You think you're just going to sit back on your behind and God's going to do everything. You got this thing mixed up. God works through people. I said, God works through people. And when he can't work through people, he starts working through animals. Come on. How about Balaam? When he was just trying to go the way that God told him not to go, and God kept, the donkey kept seeing the angel of the Lord. He kept striking the donkey. Striking the donkey until finally God uses the donkey to speak. This is in the book of Numbers. That the, you imagine God literally speaks through a donkey? I mean, Bill, I, I, people think this is wild, man. 
I won't tell you what the King James says, but it's not a word we're allowed to say in our house. Amen? We used to try to legalize it as kids because it was in Grandma Dross' Bible. Come on, somebody. This is the same God that lives on the inside of you. The same God that split the seas. The same God that when his spirit came upon David, that he literally was able to take down that giant. Come on. The same God that when his spirit came rushing upon Samson, he said, God, use me by the power of your spirit one more time. And even though his eyes were plucked out, even though stuff was going on, he killed 3,000 Philistines by just yanking down those pillars. Why? Because the spirit of God came upon him like a mighty rushing wind. The Bible tells us in Romans 8, 11, that the same spirit that raised Christ Jesus from the dead lives on the inside of you and I and will quicken our mortal bodies. Let me tell you something. When's the last time you see anybody pulling down the, the pillars of a temple? No, it don't happen. Not in human strength, but I'll tell you, you can do supernatural things when the Spirit of God comes upon you. David said, I feel like, man, I could run through a troop and leap over a wall. Why? Because the Spirit of God has strengthened me and empowered me to do so. Abraham, at 85 years old, ran the length of New Jersey in one night. I don't ever want to run the length of New Jersey. Come on, somebody. I don't want to run the length of Honesdale. I don't want to run from here to the other building. Come on, somebody. But when the Spirit of God came upon Abraham at 85 years old, he ran the length of New Jersey in one night. Why? Because God's Spirit comes upon natural man and empowers him to do supernatural things. Oh, baby. I said God's Spirit rests upon people like you and I to accomplish supernatural purposes for his kingdom. So other people can look at our lives and say there must be something different about them. You know, some people think, you know, I'm not too sure about Tyler. He was a little rough. He did X, Y, Z. I mean, I knew him from back in the day, all this stuff. But when they start seeing signs and wonders and miracles take place, they can't doubt that my God lives. Oh, boy. Start seeing folks. I was looking at it today in my office down at the other church. I have the, the records from somebody from last year who came to me during the worship service while you were leading worship. And she said, lay hands on me right now. I need a miracle. Like Jesus, woman, I'm just trying to worship Jesus. Amen. Come on, somebody. I said, well, let's go out in the hall where I could hear you. And she said, my daughter doesn't know this. My family doesn't know this. She's a young woman. She said, my brain's covered in tumors. She said, I got the scans. The doctor said it don't look good. They're worried it's cancer. She said, in fact, my brain is just covered in them. She said, but I believe by faith right now. She said, if you'll pray with me, those tumors are going to disappear. Whew. Faith is released through words and actions. Now, look at I'm not a healer. I'm not a doctor. Amen? Some of y'all are lucky I'm not a surgeon. Come on, somebody. <laughs> Do the old fumble rooski. No. But here's what I know. I serve a God who is healer. I serve a God who is miracle worker. Amen. I serve a God who's still healing bodies. But watch this. It's up to me to be obedient to lay hands on the sick. Oh, man. You realize he gave you a job, lay hands on the sick, and then they'd recover? The Bible tells us in 1 Corinthians 12 and 14 that there's gifts, different gifts of the Holy Spirit, but two of them are gifts of healing and working of miracles. What's the difference between the two? The difference is this. The gift of healing is lay hands on the sick, and they recover. There's a time in that period. Now, the working of miracles is I lay hands on you, and a miracle takes place immediately. They're two different gifts. Don't ever let the devil steal the gift of healing from you because the working of miracles didn't take place at the altar. Well, don't shout me down when I'm preaching good. It's up to you to get hands laid on you and then stay in faith. And guess what? You one more part. Recover. Oh, man. Recover. So I laid hands on this precious woman. She was there this morning. 
And she said, I have a scan Tuesday. I said, don't worry. When you go, there won't be one sign of a tumor on that brain. Why? Because Jesus was there. Why? Because everybody Jesus touched changed. Why? Because I know I'm a man full of faith and knowing the Holy Spirit. Do I have it all together? Not by any means. Am I perfect? (laughs) Wrong number. Am I claiming to be some supernatural thing? No, but I serve a supernatural God that's still healing people's bodies. That's still working miracles. That's still changing hearts and changing lives. He's still restoring marriages. He's still binding up the brokenhearted. He's still setting free drug addicts. Come on, somebody. Can I get a witness? So I laid hands on this precious lady and believed God one more time. She said, I didn't even tell my family. I said, don't worry, you won't have to. You just get to tell them about the testimony. She went to the doctor on that Tuesday, got that scan. I said, bring me back the scan too. I'm going to rub it in the devil's face. Amen? Come on, somebody else. I'm going to rub it in the devil's face. Hey, what did David say? What do I get for killing Goliath? They said, you get the king's daughter. He said, I'm in. Come on, somebody. All right, that's my translation, but that's how it goes. Is that not the truth? Pastor Bryant, is that the truth? He said, what do they get for killing this this guy who's harassing our nation? Well, you get the king's daughter. All right, let's go. He figured out, man, he was short, redhead, freckles. His own father didn't believe in him. He figured there's probably no way I'll ever get a lady. If I kill the giant, one of two things happens. Either I kill him and get the lady. Come on, somebody. Or I die, I'm never going to have a lady anyway, so might as well get it while I can. (laughs) Did he get the king's daughter? Come on, somebody. The Bible said, rise and anoint him to be the next king over Israel. Why? Because the Holy Spirit sees things about you that you don't even see about yourself. Oh, man. God sees things about you that you don't even realize. You're fully accepted, fully loved. But watch this. He has great plans for your life. I said, he has great plans for your life. Well, I just don't believe all that. Well, then continue to let your life suck. I don't know what to tell you. But here's what I know. There's a God in heaven who loves you, who has great plans for you. The Bible says plans to prosper you and never to harm you. Plans to bring you a great future and you a great hope. What's my part in all that? It's for your part to believe God in faith. Say, God, I believe it is working for me. God, I believe your spirit is upon me. Just like when that lady came to me, she said, I know if you lay hands on me, these tumors are coming out. And I look back, as the Bible says, to ponder the, the deeds of old that the Lord has done. I look back at my desk today at both of those scans, and I have the scan beforehand where it talks about all the tumors and all the nonsense, and the scan afterward where they couldn't find one tumor on her brain. Amen. And in fact, the doctor said, there's something wrong with our machines. Send her over somewhere else. They scanned her three different times and couldn't find the tumors. The doctor finally wrote on the bottom of it, <laughs> I should have brought them tonight to show you. The doctor on the bottom of it. Can't believe this is the same brain with three exclamation points. Why? Because God's still in the healing bodies. Why? Because I happen to believe what the Word of God says. I found out that I don't have to heal anybody. I just have to lay hands on them and He heals them. I found out you don't achieve healing, you just receive healing. I found out you don't achieve healing, you just receive healing. So we've been talking about the Spirit of God upon us. Why we've been talking about it so much? Because Joel chapter 2 and verse 28 says, In the last days I'll pour out my Spirit on all flesh. I believe we're living in the last days. Don't believe me? Turn on CNN. They've been living in the last days forever. Amen? Constant negative news. they got to just rename it. Turn on Fox. They're just as bad. Come on, somebody. I don't worry. I'm an equal opportunity offender. I don't like anybody. Amen? 
Just kidding. Look, we're living in the last days and age, but he said this, in the last days, I'll pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Now I went to Bible school and got all these degrees, and I'll tell you what all means. All means all. What do you, what do you want to read it in the Greek, the Hebrew, the Aramaic? All still means all. In the last days, he's going to pour out his spirit on all flesh. He says, your sons and your daughters will prophesy. The old men get to dream dreams. You're too young for that. Come on, somebody. That's what he said. He said, your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Prophesy. Your old men. I had an old man come up to me a few weeks ago. Well, what's my part in all that? I said, your, your job dream dreams. Amen. He said, what does that mean? I said, Joel 2.28, figure it out for yourself. Come on. No, we all have a part in this thing. I said, we all have a part in this. We need to be people that are full of faith, anointed of the Holy Spirit, that realize God has a purpose and a plan for our lives. And it's more than just going to work Monday to Friday. Oh, boy. Yeah, tomorrow's Monday. I sure don't feel the Holy Spirit on Monday. Look, I don't feel the Holy Spirit before I at least have like 12 cups of coffee and three Red Bulls. Come on, somebody. No, I'm teasing. Look, it's not about feelings. It's about faith. Amen. If you went by your feelings, how many of y'all get out of bed and go to work tomorrow? Carl, that's about it. <laughs> Come on, you went by your feelings. You ain't going to get up in the morning. You're going to hit that snooze again and again and again and again. Come on, somebody. Why? Because you don't feel like going to work. Don't shout me down when I'm preaching good. You better not lie. It's a beautiful ceiling. I don't want it to fall in. Come on, somebody. I, I, come on, you get up Monday morning. I just can't wait to get to work. No, you lie. Lie, you fry. Come on, somebody. No, if you went by your feelings, you never go to work. You'd sit there in your feety pajamas. Some of y'all never get out of bed, amen? Some people walk around like they just got out of bed. I, <laughs> no, we don't go by our feelings, we go by our faith. I said, we don't go by our feelings, we go by our faith. So I'm opening this up. Write this down if you weren't with us the last few weeks. So from Matthew 3, 16 and 17, we recap with this. The first thing was, there are an open heavens over your life. There are an open heavens over your life. Number two, you are a child of God whom he is well pleased with. I said, you are a child of God in whom he is well pleased with. You don't like that kind of preaching, you're not going to like this kind of church. Amen? Number three, God's Spirit is in you for you, but He's upon you for others. I said God's Spirit is in you for you, but He's upon you for others. Number four, everywhere you go this week is somewhere Jesus wants to be. I said everywhere you go this week, everybody you encounter is somebody Jesus wants to encounter. And I told you last week, we started out of Luke 4. And I said, number one, God's Spirit is upon you because you are empowered to carry out God's purpose. I said, God's Spirit is upon you because you are empowered to carry out God's purpose. Number two, God's Spirit was upon Jesus so He could carry out God's purpose. Oh boy. God's Spirit was upon Jesus so He could carry out God's purpose. Acts 10.38 tells us how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and power who went about doing good, healing all who were oppressed of the devil. Jesus was a man, forfeited His godly attributes. Come on, the devil tempted Him in Luke 4, trying to get Him to call down angels from heaven. If you're really the Son of God, do this, do that, do this. No, He was tempted in all ways like us, but He was without sin. Amen. I told you, when they ascribed to Him as Jesus' Lord, they used to say, Jesus, Son of David. Have mercy on me, blind Bartimaeus. 
But Jesus of Nazareth was calling him by his earthly name. But how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and power who went about doing good, healing all. Somebody say all who were oppressed of the devil. So God's Spirit was upon Jesus so he could carry out God's purpose. Number three, God is most glorified in you when you are carrying out his purpose and mission in the earth. I just want to make God happy. Happy, happy, happy. How do I do that? God's most glorified in you when you're carrying out his purpose and his mission in the earth. Number four, we left off with this last week. How can you be used by God's Spirit this week to make a difference? I asked you simply, how could you be used by God's Spirit to make a difference? We said with Lynn, won't embarrass you, but I'll embarrass you. Come on. You're a target if you come to thrive. Amen? No, I'm teasing. I said about Lynn, how she got excited about this message and then went into work Monday morning, and she works in a dialysis facility. And there was a woman there, how God prompted her by the Holy Spirit just to be able to share with the lady. And the lady was struggling with some stuff, and God knows if you're in dialysis, you got some more issues. Amen? Some health issues. But thank God he can heal our bodies in dialysis. Oh, man. I said, thank God he can heal our bodies in dialysis. Folks, I have seen people, I've literally seen God where people have had a death warrant on their life, where the doctors have told them you have 24 hours to live, you have stage four cancer, and those people are still walking in the earth today. Amen. I've seen people come up out of wheelchairs. I've seen blind eyes come open, deaf ears come open. I've seen God blow tumors off of people's brains. I've seen... Legs grow out. I mean, I don't even know what we haven't seen. So there ain't no way you're going to convince me that your situation's too hard for God. Oh, boy. You got the wrong preacher if you think I'm going to come alongside you and say, you're right. You're the one person God's going to fail. You're, you're, the one, you're, you're right. He's never failed anybody in millions of years, but you're going to be the one. My God, you think that high yourself? Come on, God's never failed one person. He's not about to start with you. I said, God's never failed one person. He's not about to start with you. Where's your spirit of faith at? Where's your spirit of fight at? Come on, somebody. I've had death sentences on my own life. I've had doctors look at me multiple times and say, he's never going to make it. Complete blood transfusions. When I was a kid, I had third-degree burns from the waist up, 50% of my body. I laid in the Lehigh Valley Burn Center, right? And they told my parents, they said, he'll never make it through the night. And I said, to heaven with you. Come on, somebody. I said, I'm going to live. I'm not going to die. Why? Because there's a fighting spirit on the inside of me. Because I realize no matter how bad things might look, no matter how dark things might look, his spirit's on the inside of us. And as long as there's breath in our lungs, come on, somebody, there's still hope. When are we going to get our faith back and our fight back? Yeah. And so, you know what? It might be a crappy situation. It might look bad. But here's what I know. His spirit's upon me, and I'm coming out of this thing. Everybody else might have failed at it, but not me, baby. Why? Because his spirit's upon me. His spirit's within me. I believe in faith. And just like David said, I know in whom I have believed. The apostle Paul said, I know in whom I have believed, and I'm fully persuaded. Come on, somebody. He's going to do exactly what he said he was going to do. Yabbit, 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 yabbit. Yeah, the yabbits live in the woods. Come on. We got to stop saying yeah, but, and start saying but God. Oh, man. But God, 
Man, man, you just don't understand, Tyler. Things are really bad. Look, I can tell you story after story after story of people that I have dealt with with it is way worse than your situation, and they're still walking this earth full of faith, anointed of the Holy Spirit. Come on, bodies healed, come off of drugs, marriage restored. I can go on and on. People that were bankrupt, they're now business people again. How God restored a dream, restored a vision. Here's what I know, that God cares about people like you and I, that God has a plan. There's nothing the devil could do to you that God can't do something about. I said, there's nothing the devil can do to you that God can't do something about. When are you going to get your faith back? I'm telling you right now, we're in, what, three weeks of this thing with a different president? And I met more Christian, Christians that it's like they've lost their faith over this whole thing. And, they're, they're, and if you're not careful, look, I'm, I'm not getting political on you, but I'll just use this as an example. They've cowered into fear. And they've gotten so worked up and choked up with fear. Fear tolerated is faith contaminated. I said fear tolerated is faith contaminated. Yeah, but my guy didn't win. We're all screwed now. Why are you talking like the world? Last I checked, the righteous shall prosper in every season, according to Psalm chapter 1 and Jeremiah 17. In fact, the Bible said your leaves will never wither. Come on, somebody. You'll produce and bear fruit in every season. Last I checked, John 15 is still true. As long as you're still connected to the true vine, you'll produce the same fruit. Come on, somebody, that the true vine produces. Why? Because when a branch is connected to the tree, it's impossible to produce different fruit. Oh, boy. I know I'm getting excited. I haven't even had any Red Bulls today. Come on, somebody. I just feel the Spirit of God so strong upon me. Why? Because I know what we're pushing back against. I've literally looked at Christians the last three weeks and walk around with a defeated face on, you know, well, Biden won. Well, we're, we're all screwed now. Why are you talking doubt and unbelief? What if God turned around and still worked a miracle? Oh, baby. Here's what I find out. I'll be blessed coming in and blessed going out. Bill, I'll be blessed in the field and blessed in the city. Last I checked, everything I put my hand to has to prosper. Why? Because he said it in his word. Because you think higher yourself? No, because he said it in Deuteronomy chapter 28. He said in Isaiah 3.10, he said, Tell the righteous it'll be well with them, for they'll eat the fruit of their deeds. You know what I found out? Oh, baby, I sow good seed. You know what happens when you sow good seed? You eat good fruit. Last I checked, he told you to taste and see that he's good. Oh, man. He told you to taste and see that he's good. I just know what I'm going to do. Rick, I, I, I just, the things are going down, but things are so bad. No, 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 no. He said, taste and see that the Lord is good. I don't know about everybody else what they're tasting, but I'm going to taste and see the goodness of God in the land of the living. Come on, somebody. He said he would not withhold one good thing from those who walk uprightly. Why? Because he put his spirit upon us. And it's not only upon us, but he put his spirit within us. Oh, baby. He said, little children, don't you know? You are of God. How what? No, no, you don't look like the children of the world. You're different. Somebody say, I'm different. Come on, I told you, I'm starting with the man in the mirror. Don't make me sing it. I can't get up that high. You might be able to. I can't. John, she's pointing at John. Maybe if I give you a good punch, you might be able to get up there. Amen. No, why? He said, little children, do you not know you are of God? And there's a greater one living on the inside of you. 
And he's greater than anything in this world. I'm not only a fan of 44s, that's 1 John 4 4. Some of y'all get that on the ride home. Why? There's a greater one living on the inside of me, greater than cancer, greater than diabetes, greater than tumors, greater than COVID 19, believe it or not. You turn on some preachers, you'd wonder. No, God's still greater than COVID-19. I prayed for some folks with COVID-19, right? We prayed for a lady that was on a ventilator. How'd that work out? Three days later, she came up walking out of that hospital, off that ventilator. They said, she won't make it through today. Yeah, that's what you thought. Now, I love doctors and nurses. Don't hear what I'm not saying. My mother works in the healthcare. What I'm telling you is this. They fight the same devil in hell we do. Sickness and disease. Vaccine, no vaccine, mask, no mask. I'm not really into all that, but what I'm saying is this. God is still greater than anything out there, including COVID-19 or COVID-20 or 21 or whatever the next one is down the pike. Come on, somebody. So turn with me quickly in your Bibles. I said all that to set this up. It's quite the prelude, huh? <laughs> John chapter 16. John chapter 16. And I'm just going to read a couple of these verses, otherwise I'll keep you all night. Amen? And I won't do that to you, because I know some of y'all are excited, like Carl, to get to work in the morning. Amen? <laughs> I'm teasing. John 16, verse 13. I love how the King James says it. I'm going to read from the ESV, but the King James says it like this. How be it when the spirit of truth has come, he'll lead you and guide you into all truth, for he does not speak on his own authority, but every word the Father, every word he hears the Father say, he will say. And then it skips down to verse 15, which is my favorite, where Jesus says, all the Father has is mine, now I'm going to take it, and the Holy Spirit's going to show it unto you. Now the ESV reads like this. When the spirit of truth has come, he will guide you. Somebody say me. I said, he'll guide you. Somebody say me. You, in the Greek, guess what it means? Y-O-U. It means you. This is direct instruction from Jesus for you and I. Oh, boy. This is direct instruction from Jesus for you and I. How be it when the spirit of truth has come? I can't get over saying that. Sorry. He will guide you into all truth. He guided me into what? I'm just not sure about all that. I don't know. COVID-19, Biden's president, how da, 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 how da, the economy, the stock market, uh, cryptocurrency. I don't know. What's it? No, 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 no. He'll guide you in all truth. You know what I found out? There's a spirit of God living on the inside of me. And if I open these ears and shut this mouth, believe it or not, it happens once in a while. Open these ears and shut this mouth. I can hear what he's saying for me and for you. And he'll guide us in all truth. He'll guide us into all truth. He'll help us, watch this, make good decisions. Oh, and I'm going to stretch some of y'all in this place, but don't get upset. I have a friend, a dear friend, and he asks the Lord all the time what he should do in his finance, particularly with investing. And he's done well, real well. And he meets with these guys on Wall Street and they do all this thing. And all these guys, they pick, you know, this is going to be a great one this year, and this is going to happen, all the, you know, all these big guys who got beat up a couple weeks ago on Robin Hood, amen? Oh, never mind. Hope nobody owned GameStop in this place, Luke. 
He met with these investors at the top of the year, right before the economic crash of 2008, 2009. Dad can tell you I'm telling the truth with this. And they said, brother, so-and-so, I would do this, 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 you know, put this money here, there, and everywhere. And he said, okay, I need three days. He said, three days? What do you need three days for? He said, I need to pray and fast and ask the Holy Spirit what he thinks about this. Oh, boy. How many people wish on some of your investments you did that? Come on, somebody. So he consulted the Holy Spirit about it, went on a three-day fast. The Holy Spirit said, don't buy any of them. These are some of the brightest minds in America when it comes to investing. So he comes back. He says, no, I don't want any of them. They said, you're out of your mind, brother so-and-so. This is going to hit the top. This is going to be the year, all this stuff. Instead, he shifted his money into things that looked like nothing that he felt the Lord led him to do. Well, next thing happened, the economic crash took place. Not a very good time to be in the stock market, say man. Anybody losing any money in the stock market? Not a good time to be in the stock market, hey man. Well, when everybody else got crushed, he prospered like crazy. Oh boy. Why? Because the Holy Spirit will guide you into all truth. In fact, he prospered so much in that year. Wasn't it Christmas time? Christmas time, the president of, I can't remember which one, it was a Goldman Sachs, I think, flew to his house down south, banged on his door with the biggest <laughs> basket you've ever seen in your life. They used a forklift unloaded out of a truck. And he said, brother so-and-so, would you ask the Holy Spirit what to invest in this year? <laughs> now, why do I tell you that? Because it's a true story. It's also a little bit funny. But here's the thing. Imagine if we asked the Holy Spirit to guide our lives on major life decisions. Oh, boy. Kyle deals with the young kids all the time, right? The youth guys and all this stuff. They have a phenomenal youth program and just had coming off a counter weekend. He's got a whole bunch of guys that want to go to Bible school. I said, I think you need to talk to the Holy Spirit and ask the Lord what he'd have you to do, where he'd have you to go. Come on, somebody. You can't just model your life off somebody else's and think something's going to work for you because somebody else did that. The Bible says, how be it in the spirit of truth has come, he'll lead you and guide you into all truth. Imagine him buying a house, making investments. How about the person you marry or thinking about marrying? Probably a good idea to consult the Holy Spirit on that one. Amen? So you ain't marrying Satan himself or herself. Some of y'all say, oh, Jesus, I wish I would have consulted him. Come on. Somebody. No, I'm teasing. I'm teasing. Just keep looking ahead. Nobody knows we're talking about you. Come on. <laughs> no, seriously, though, folks. May we be people that are so full of the Spirit of God that we say, God, would you help guide me on this thing? Come on, business people. Would you, Lord, would you guide my business? Lord, would you guide me at work? Is this the right profession you want me to be in? You see, for far too long, we got hung up with this thing that, like, Preachers are over here and business people are over here and the two of them should never mingle because, you know, this is holier than this and that's... No, 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 no. If you're a person that's working in the workplace, the marketplace, whatever it might be, God's anointed you to be in that place. God's anointed you to be a priest and a pastor in that place. Doesn't mean you have to be preaching to people, hollering, shouting. No, no, no. What I'm talking about is the Apostle Paul himself is also a tent maker. He said, I, I become all things, all people that I might save some. Simply when you go to, go to work tomorrow morning, which I hope we all do, amen? Hopefully you didn't lose your job yet, amen? No, Jesus. It's the only Joel Osteen joke I know. Come on, somebody. No, hopefully when you go to work tomorrow morning, you say, Lord, 
Help guide me by your Holy Spirit. Lord, let me have a conversation with somebody. Let me encounter somebody that needs you. And you won't be surprised how the Holy Spirit will just put somebody right in your path. How you encounter somebody that says, hey, man, I noticed there's something different about your life. We, Heather gave her testimony last week down at Peckville. I didn't even know this. I was preaching in Maryland a couple weeks ago. She watched the live feed on Sunday night, and the Lord healed her body in wherever she lives, Taylor or whatever, while I was preaching down in Maryland. She went to work Monday morning. Everybody said, whoa, what happened to you? You went out of here Friday. You couldn't walk. What's going on? She said, not only can I walk, she started jumping up and down. Real Pentecostal. Come on, somebody. Started moving it around. Shake it, shake it. Come on. No, they said, who did you see? What's his name? Now, look, it's not important who I am. And she told me, it's not important who I saw. It said I encountered Jesus and he healed my body. There's a whole bunch of people at her work that said, we want to come to your church. We go to church at Christmas and Easter. We never saw a body get healed. Only time we go to church, we see corpses going out in the the casket. Come on, somebody. 19 Hail Marys and here we are. No, may we be people that say, Lord, guide me by your precious Holy Spirit. Believe me, Lord. God, I give you my business. I tell them all the time, God, my home is yours. My kids are yours. God, my wife is yours. Everything I have belongs to you. Now think about this. And when we are willing to, I told you the greatest faith doesn't come from striving. It comes from surrender. I said the greatest faith doesn't come from striving. It comes from surrender. It's, Holy Spirit, I surrender everything to you. I want to be used by you. Watch this, Matthew chapter 10. He said he'll give you the words to speak in the hour you need to speak them. Holy Spirit, give me the right words to say when I encounter some people this week. Help me not to say a four-letter word. Come on, help me be a good, a good representation. Why? So people could see there's something different about my life and turn their heart to you. Amen? So he says this, when the Spirit of truth comes, he'll guide you into all truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he'll speak. He'll declare to you the things that are to come. Oh, what? He'll declare to you the things that are to come. You know what I found out? You can consult him about things spiritually, physically, financially, relationally, emotionally, every area of your life, and he'll speak to you about what's to come. I said he'll speak to you about what's to come. When's the last time you asked God, hey, Lord, what's coming down the pike for my family? Lord, what's coming down the pike for my business? Help me make the right decisions, God. You see, the Bible talks about the righteous prospering in every season in Psalm chapter 1, but it says this. It says this first, blesses the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly. Oh, man. In other words, you can't get advice from ungodly people and expect to prosper. Oh boy, don't shout me down when I'm preaching good. You can't get your advice from people who don't know God and expect God's blessing upon your life and God's blessing upon what you do. No, there's only one person you can get the blessing of God from and his name is Jesus. Oh boy. I just don't know. Well, you know, Tyler, that works for some people. And some, no, 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 no. The word of God always works. The Holy Spirit's always at work. God gave, my mom used to say, God gave you two ears and one mouth. Shut the thing up once in a while. Come on, somebody. Why? So I can hear what the Holy Spirit's saying. Our son was born last Saturday. He's sitting right, is he in there? 
What's he doing? Let me see him in You want to see the cutest kid in the world? Don't tell Lorelai. She's got competition now. He's the cutest boy in the world. Thank you. This is little Levi. We look just alike, don't we? Isn't he cute? Oh, you better say that. You don't want to see my Italian side. Come on, somebody. I said, isn't he cute? And there's mom. That's little Levi. My grandpa George. That's Levi George. Pretty cool. Sorry, I get to do that. But I say, Holy Spirit, help me be a good father. Help me be a good parent. Help me be a good husband. Come on. Help me be a good leader. Help me be a good provider. Lord, help me to accomplish everything you want me to accomplish for my family. You see, you begin to understand that as you raise a family, let me talk to young men here just a minute, young guys in the room. As you raise a family, and I'll say it for, for adults too, that you've already raised one, what your ceiling is should be your children's floor. Oh, man. Every man's work should be a continuation, Bill. Every, everybody's work should be a continuation. should never cease. You understand? The Holy Spirit's constantly moving. In other words, if the Holy Spirit's working in your family, working in your life, He should be working in your kids' lives too. I tell people all the time, I'm just reaping where I haven't sowed. Why? Because my granddad at 90 years old is still doing this thing. He'll be preaching Wednesday night. So what my grandfather's ceiling was became my father's platform. You understand? It's not a rude thing. It's a, it's a humble thing. What becomes my father's ceiling will become my platform, and so on and so forth, should the Lord tarry. Every man's work should be continuation. Why? Because the Holy Spirit should be guiding us, should be leading us. Somebody said, you know, well, I thought that was just reserved for the religious elites. No, that, that's baloney. God's Spirit is for every child. I said God's Spirit is for every child of God. The Bible says for everybody who loves God, He's given the power to become the sons of God. And His Spirit is in them. I said His Spirit's in you. That's why the Apostle Paul said, do you not know you're the temple of the Holy Spirit? You realize you literally are carrying around God's Spirit? Well, that's a bold thing to think about. Just wrap your head around that for a minute. Just close your eyes with me just for a minute here, and I'll, I'll start closing before I get too long. But think about this. Envision this with me. I'm a visionary guy. Envision this, that God's Spirit is literally dwelling on the inside of you. Now watch this. It's not only living on the inside of you that His Spirit is literally, the Bible says that out of your belly will flow rivers of living water. So it's not, there's not a stale lake on the inside of you. There's literally rivers of living water on the inside of you, stirring around and moving around. His Spirit is swelling around on the inside of you, waiting for you to speak something, waiting for you to act with something, waiting for you to fulfill His purpose and His destiny on your life. And watch this. He not only put His Spirit within you to do great things, but He puts His Spirit upon you. He literally wraps you in his precious spirit. I mean, think about this. And what's going to get you? What's going to take you out? You're going to do what? You're going to fail. You're not going to make it. No, no, that's a lie from hell. You are going to make it. The Bible tells us this. The Apostle Paul said over and over again, thanks be to God who always causes us to triumph, who always causes us to have the victory. He said, do you not know you're more than conquerors through Christ Jesus? I often wonder what more than a conqueror looks like, Bill. I know what a conqueror is, but what's more than a conqueror? 
Kyle helped me see it one time. Notice I say Kyle. I don't, want, don't give me the credit for this one. Amen? He said, you know what more than a conqueror is? I said, no. He said, remember Rocky? Of course. Come on. Any Rocky fans in the place? Come on. Me and Kevin. Any Rocky fans in the place? Come on. You look like Rocky. <laughs> Big Rick back there. Might be Sylvester Stallone. Who knows? Amen. No, Jesus. You know what more than a conqueror is? Oh, Rocky, beat that boy up, get that check. You know what happened? He come home and old Adrian put that hand out. <laughs> come on, buddy. She snatched that check out from out of him. Now, Rocky was the conqueror because he beat his opponent, right? She's more than a conqueror because what? She just picked up what she didn't pay for. Oh, boy. Don't shout me down when I'm preaching good. Now, Jesus is the conqueror for us, but we're more than conquerors. We're just picking up what he already paid for. Amen. Oh, man. His Holy Spirit's upon us because how good we are? No, because he put it upon us. His Holy Spirit lives in you. Why? Because you received this free gift called salvation. Worship team, you can come back. I'm going to begin to close, which is what preachers say when they're really not closing, but it gives people hope. Amen? Come on, somebody. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I'm as polished as I can be. He said, how be it when the spirit of truth has come, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. He will declare to you the things that are to come. Jesus said, he'll glorify me, for he will take what is mine and declare it unto you. Oh, baby. Don't shout me down when I'm preaching good. One translation says, he'll take what is mine and he'll show it unto you. The Greek word there actually is like, reveal it unto you. You realize that the Holy Spirit wants to reveal everything the Father has to you? Whew. You realize, now, now wrap your head around this for a minute. I, I know we're, there's kind of a lot going on and, and whatever, and I'm kind of throwing a lot on you. I don't mean to throw up so much information on you at once. <laughs> Not like information overload. I'm trying to help you understand this process. But understand this, that the creator of the heavens and the earth, God himself, Yahweh, Jesus said, everything he has has now become mine. And the Holy Spirit's going to declare it unto you. The Holy Spirit's going to reveal it unto you. The Holy Spirit's going to show it unto you. What he's literally saying there is that you and I have access to everything the Father has. Why? Because the blood of Jesus made access. Why? Because the Bible tells us we can now come boldly before the throne of grace and receive mercy and grace in our time of need. Why? Because he shed his precious blood for you and I. The Bible says he's at the right hand of the Father ever interceding for you and I. You understand Jesus is praying for you right now? Bill and our mess-ups, our screw-ups, living in holes, blowing it like nobody else. He was right there at the right hand of the Father praying for us, ever interceding for us. Saying, God, I know you got a plan for that boy. God, I know it doesn't look good right now, but it's going to work out. Come on. God, just send your spirit upon him one more time like you did on Samson. God, just anoint him with your spirit. Well, come on. Jesus is literally interceding for you and I at the right hand of the Father. Wrap your head around this. That the creators of the heavens and the earth is sitting there with his son right next to him in heaven. And his son is praying for you in this minute. Other side of that camera, he's praying for you in this moment. He's wanting to have fellowship with you. He's wanting to have relationship with you. He's wanting you to accomplish that dream and accomplish that purpose. Why? Because just what the Word says, He gets glory from it. 
He said, the Holy Ghost is going to show it unto you because it'll glorify me. Why? So you can say, look how great I am. Look how puffed up religious. No, that's a bunch of crap. What he's doing is he wants to show himself strong on your behalf so other people look at your life just like David. And he said in Psalm 121, look to the hills where my help comes from. My help comes from the Lord, who's the maker of the heavens and the earth. You want to know where this strength comes from? You want to know where the healing comes from? The power comes from? The purity comes from? All this stuff comes from? It comes from heaven. And it was purchased for me by the blood of Jesus. That's why, I, that's why I tell folks this. You see the blessing of God on my life? Any good thing you see in me, any good thing, comes from the hand of God. My house belongs to Him. Watch belongs to Him. These clothes belong to shoes on my feet. Everything I have has come from the hands of God. Why? Because I've changed my perspective. I meet all kinds of people. Well, I, I don't like prosperity. I don't like that type of teaching. I don't like, no, no, no. What you're trying to do is take credit for something you didn't do. You got to read Deuteronomy 6 and Deuteronomy chapter 8, Deuteronomy 8 especially, where God rebukes his own children and says, wait a minute, I gave you those houses you're living in. I gave you that stuff. Am I telling the truth? Lest I say, I've obtained this with my hands. And then he says, Deuteronomy 8, 18, I'm the Lord your God that's given you the power to create and receive wealth that I might establish my covenant with you in the earth today. Is it a money thing? No, it's a heart thing. It's the thing to say, any good thing I have, it came from him. Any blessing you see on my life, anything financially, physically, spiritually, relationally, emotionally, any area of my life, you see anything good in, it's come from the hand of the Father. It's come from His goodness toward me. It's not some flaunt, look at me type thing. It's a look how good my God is. When is the church of Jesus Christ going to stop envying the world and start having the world envy the church? Oh, boy. We sang that song this morning, John. I can sing of your love forever. You know, that, that's not a new song. That's been around, God, when did that come out? In the 90s or something. I had some of the youth students text me a few months ago. Hey, man, you know this new Justin Bieber song? I can sing of your love forever. I said, that song was around before Justin Bieber was even a thought in somebody's head. We should sing this song, man. It's cool now. Justin Bieber did it. It was cool before Bieber. Come on, somebody. He is Canadian, I might add. No, I'm teasing. My wife's from Montreal, so we like it. No. Look, God has a great plan for your life. The Holy Spirit wants to lead you and guide you. I, I, I don't know what to do. I, I'm incompetent. I'm like Moses, stuttering before God. Get somebody else. I, I, got, I, 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 I got a stuttering problem. God smacked him up beside the head. You don't know more, boy. Come on, you'll be my mouthpiece in the earth. Oh, boy, do we make excuses for why we can't do the things God's asked us to do. <laughs> Come on, I said, do we make excuses for the things God's asked us to do and we don't do it? How be it when the spirit of truth has come, he'll lead you and guide you into all truth. The Bible says God is not a man that he should lie. That's Romans 3.3. 3. The Bible actually says, just because some didn't obtain the promises that make the promises of God, no, by no means. It said, let God be true and every man be a liar. That's Romans 3.3. 3. May we be people. I didn't even get to where I was going tonight. I usually never do. Come on, somebody. That's why I'm preaching, you know, three weeks on this thing. But I felt the Lord. I said, Lord, what do you want me to say? And he said, just keep teaching people about the power and the presence that I have for them. 
Why? Because I promise you this, you're going to live in these last days, you're going to need the power of God. You're going to need the Spirit of God. My God, if you're going to Walmart, you need the Spirit of God. That's why I don't go into Walmart. I'm not sanctified enough. Come on, somebody. To take this shoe off and beat somebody with it. Come on now, tease it. <laughs> Look, the Holy Spirit wants to come upon you, but He also wants to be within you. It's my one thing tonight. He wants to lead and guide you in all truth. We'll pick this up again next week. Valentine's Day. Man, we're like two for two. Super Bowl this week and Valentine's Day next week. Be a good Valentine. Bring your wife to church. Significant other to church. Come on, somebody. What's better than Valentine's Day with me? Who knows? No, I'm teasing. <laughs> Look, other side of that camera, every head bowed and every eye closed. You're about to make the most important decision you've ever made. One of my dearest friends in the world went running that camera tonight. Other side of that camera, I tell you this. The most important decision you could ever make is to make Jesus Christ the Lord and Savior of your life. This thing I was preaching about, this Jesus I was preaching about, isn't a historical Jesus. Look, I've been to Israel. I've been to Jerusalem. I've been all over the place. Here's what I find out. He's not in the tomb anymore. I've been to the places they said he was. He ain't there, but he was. He's at the right hand of the Father praying for you tonight, praying you would receive him as Lord and Savior in your life. He said, behold, I stand at the door and knock. He's talking about the door of your heart tonight. Some of y'all, I believe the Holy Spirit's moving on your heart in this place. I, I don't believe everybody in this place is saved. And that's okay. Tonight's your night. You're not here by accident. You're here by divine appointment. I'm not here to get anything from you. I'm here to give something to you. It's called the greatest gift you'll ever get. It's the gift of salvation by God's precious Holy Spirit. You say, how do I do it, preacher? I don't really know. I got to get my act together first and then come to God. No, baloney, you come to God and he'll clean you up. I said, you come to God and he'll clean you up. Other side of that camera, you come to Jesus and he'll clean you up. Don't try and get it all together. You'll never get it all together. You know what happens to people that say, well, when I get it together, then I'll come to God. They die without God. Done too many funerals of people who have died without Jesus. Made it my life's goal, my life's mission to take as many people to heaven with me as I can. We're in the mission of one thing, depopulating hell and populating heaven. Why? Because that's what he told us to do. He told us to occupy until he comes. So maybe you're in the sound of my voice. How do I receive this free gift of salvation? Very simply, the Bible says you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth, thou shalt be saved. That's Romans chapter 10 and verse 9. For with the heart one believes, and with the mouth one confesses unto righteousness. Here's what I know. That there's a God in heaven who loves you, has great plans for your life. He sent his son to die for you. He shed his blood over 2,000 years ago, the spotless lamb of God. He was sinless and perfect for you. He died for your sins, past, present, and watch this, and future too. Tonight's your night to give your heart to Christ. Hey guys, we hope you enjoyed that message. And if you did, take a photo of yourself listening and tag us on social media at Peckville Assembly of God. We'll see you next time. And remember, we love you, God loves you, and may God's richest blessing be yours.